0: What do you do? A delusional soccer podcast. What do you do? A soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. I don't know if it was a reiteration as much as it It was just an iteration. No, you basically repeated yourself. It's Super Bowl Monday, Jer. I'm not really on my A game. Okay. I was a gym teacher today, so. Oh, I had gym. How gym teaching go? It was the first day of the marking period, so the kids didn't dress. Oh. I've well, never had an easier day. Sure. I'm kidding. The day before was even easier. It's incredible how how easy that job is. I forgot how easy it was. I should have been doing it since September. But what okay. are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is what we like to call footy do. At some times, uh, it seems like it might be a soccer podcast. Right now, clearly, is not one of those times. Um, But some decent Premier League action this week. Um, A couple of good matchups, comebacks. uh, Do we call them comebacks, or do we really fault the other team for letting a team back in the game? Um, West Ham played pretty much like West Ham. You know, let let it... Nice lead slip, so good on them. Um, Who's managing West Ham now?
1: Your favorite? Moyes, right? David Moyes. David
0: Moyes. (laughs) Yeah, so... And they are... I guess you only get the new manager bounce once with the same manager at the same club because uh, they're not currently going through anything like a new manager bounce. David Moyes can only motivate Mark Noble and, like... Uh, who else they have? <laughs> Antonio like Jack, so many guys. Jack Wilshire. Yeah. Do they still have Andy Carroll? Yeah. Uh, no. Andy Carroll's on Newcastle, my guy. Do you not pay attention to, uh, not, to transfers? Not to Newcastle. Not to Newcastle or West Ham. No. Chelsea had a transfer van, so I checked out on that. And then, then so got Chelsea it lifted had a tra- and signed They got it lifted <laughs> and signed zero players and uh, they are now only four points. Ahead of Spurs. So let's uh let's dive right in to the clear uh biggest match of the week. Tottenham to Manchester City Nil. Um a debut day goal from Steven Is it is it Bergwin? Is that how we're going Berg, with, I think Ber, they said Bergwine. Bergwine? Berg Bergwin, yeah. maybe? Who knows? He's Dutch. They have Interesting spellings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's they they're always like yeah, uh there's not a J in that letter. Is there a reason or there's not a J in that name. Is there a reason why that name is without a J? Let's just throw one in yeah. there for good measure. Yeah. Um I, now, I would love to know the history of that. Yeah. I wonder where that where that come from where that originated. Um speaking of transfers, was he a transfer? He was. He okay. was I didn't know if he's just like a youth debut or a debutante. Or, no, or where they, did they get him from? They just signed him from PSV in oh. the Eredivisie. Um, they are Tottenham signed a lot of players from the Dutch league. It seems um, I don't know why that is, but it's worked out pretty well for them. Um, they've got players with experience at Ajax, um, and it, this is a good start a good start for him. So um, the, the big point of this is that Alexander Zinchenko was sent off in the 60th minute for a second yellow card. Um, and then three minutes later, Spurs capitalized, they take the lead and it, it two goals in eight minutes in the second half. Jose Mourinho has to be ecstatic about another win over Pep Guardiola. Yeah. What a, what a useful side Manchester city are. They really are just awful. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Chelsea got a draw, but like, it's a week where City and or United and Wolves are playing the two other teams that are close behind them, and uh, Tottenham gets to play City, so Chelsea will be fine. And uh, freaking Zinchenko, nightmare. Yeah, I, I listen. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, City with sixty-seven percent of the possession. They put more shots on. They had took 19 shots, put six of them on target. Spurs took three shots and put all three on target. And of course, two resulted in a goal. Um, Hugo Lloris, a very good performance from him. Um, And, uh, you know, Giovanni Los Helso was, was good. Uh, Obviously the new signing uh, Bergwijn was good. And, you know, they, they seem to be clicking under Mourinho a little bit better now at the right time. I still do worry about their form away from home. Um, as far as their top four challenge goes, but, uh, I think they have a real chance to, to skip over Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, that's the team. That's the team I've been I'm worried about looking, you know, looking at the table. It's that they, they weren't up until now, they weren't the team. They were, you know, sitting in eighth, but they were close by, and it was always United. We're going to slip up, you know. Wolves, you know, they're going to lose. They're going to lose some games here or there, draw games. Sheffield United having an excellent season, but not really a team I'm worried about catching. Catching Chelsea just because of the quality there. It's always been. Tottenham, who've kind of just lurked there, and when teams fall short, Tottenham are kind of rising up that table, and they've they've stuck around. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens in these next few months, and where where these pieces fall, especially with you know this upcoming week, Chelsea have a big game against United, who they've struggled with this season, and and Tottenham have to play Villa. So uh, it could be nervy times for Chelsea, and it could be uh, you know exactly what Spurs ordered with the appointment of Jose Mourinho. And. Uh what do you think about how how City have played um this season? Like if you look at like they're not really ha- like clearly they're the, they're the second best right now. They're still they're two points ahead of Leicester who are in a a bit of a poor run, but is it just that they set such a high benchmark and Liverpool are so dominant that it makes City look this bad or are they really underperforming that much? Um I mean, it feels like they are underperforming. They're, they're they're too inconsistent. I mean, they have six losses this year, mm-hmm. so that's already not good enough. I mean, even if they were, you know, had three losses or two losses, like Liverpool are are playing at such a high level right now, I don't necessarily think it would matter. But they've allowed Liverpool to to get a twenty two point lead on them. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see where they were at this point last season. What what match what match week are we on? We're on twenty five. Twenty five. So I'm gonna take a look and see how many points City had at this stage last year. They had sixty two. Both them and Liverpool were tied at sixty two. They had a, a seven a plus seven goal difference. Um so, you know, they're they're eleven points off their own pace. Mm-hmm. And Um, Liverpool are dominating that pace, so they're eleven points off their own pace, and Liverpool are ahead of that, eleven points ahead of the same pace that we're discussing, right? right? So yeah, in that in that fashion, there's they really didn't give they didn't have a chance. Yeah, well, actually, you should even say after match week, I clicked on match week twenty-five, looking at the table, uh, Manchester City had a game in hand. So after twenty, yeah, so after twenty-five it doesn't even say because you click on 24 and they have, to, and then you 24. So they played they twice that league. week. Yeah. 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 It's that's, so. you know, we're, we tried, we tried. That's we all got we can the say. idea across. Yeah. Um, we said words, people heard them and, uh, shaped their thoughts around them. I don't know. Is that, uh, yeah. I, I, Either way, so. I consider that a success. Thank you yeah. for listening. This has been footy. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. So to your, to your point, to your point, I think it it's clear that it's both. Both Liverpool are high and above, making everyone else look bad by how well they're playing. They're ten points ahead of City's pace last year, but City are also ten points below their own pace. Um, you know, so it's it's it has been rough. Uh, I mean, this is just. I mean, we should probably just jump and talk about Liverpool because it's been absolutely incredible what they've been able to do this season. And when you look back comparatively to to what City were at this point last season. I'm, I'm I'm looking at City's pace two years ago when they had arguably a better season. And Liverpool are above that. City yeah, they, had 68 points at this point. This, they, this is the best 25-game run to start a season ever. So whatever pace that we're setting, whatever we can find of the second best, no matter what, this is the best. They, they have best. dropped two points in 25 yeah. matches. That is one draw, one that that's not, and it's a way to Old Trafford. Now say yeah. what you will about this Manchester United side. They play well against the good teams. Old Trafford, no matter what, no matter if the atmosphere is not great when they're losing two nil to who do they lose to? Southampton or something. Whatever it was. Right. Um for for this match for Northwest Derby, they're they're up for it. That's yeah. Old Trafford is there. So that is not that is not a uh, a concern for me in, in that aspect. But twenty five matches, twenty four wins, it's unspeakable. Yeah. It, there's no words to describe so it. But this let's, this okay. Go, th- go ahead. This match against Southampton, it wasn't. Like, they win four nil. Going into the break, it's it's scoreless, and you could argue that Southampton could have been could have been ahead. Yeah. Um and but as we of course as we've seen so far this season that might not have mattered. This Liverpool team is no, yeah, yeah. incredible coming back and scoring, but it's you got to take your chances against them. Uh you know, they're playing at such a high level. What Virgil van Dyke is trying back heels uh to score. That that goal would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Um you know, it, they're, they're playing so well and they need 18 I, was, I I read this they need 18 more points to win. To win the league, the match number ninety-one points. Let's take a look at these next. Their next six matches. Oh boy, they play Norwich. Three points there. West Ham, three points. Um, Watford, three points. Uh, Bournemouth. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk that one up uh, as one, two, th- yeah, three points. Okay. Then they have. Everton. Uh, that's, that. they might even get six out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes to the sixth game, they must beat Crystal Palace. Three points, 18 total in six games. Uh, this this season is going, this season's already, it's already over as far Which, as the title race is concerned, but it's right. over and, yeah. fucking soon, man. Pardon my and French. Then, but now so the, that's where it gets kind of this is where it gets interesting because they're going to win they they win those six games which we both i think agree that they will then it's all about the invincibles uh yeah can they can they finish and there might be a major let off in that crystal palace game their next game is at manchester city it'll be very interesting to it's, see that's an away match that's at that the is, it, yeah i believe it's at the at etihad the Listen, man, I I will be in full force rooting against it, but that's from a perspective not as a fan of the game. That's just as a fan of the only other club that's ever been able to do that. But even at this point, 24 wins, they're two wins away from doing what the Invincibles did as far as wins in a season go, which is 26. Right, and Uh, that team had a lot of draws. It had... Almost as many draws as Arsenal have this season. Yeah, I know. So, I do want to talk about Arsenal very quickly, but let me uh, bring this debate up. Okay. Who, for Liverpool, it it, it seems pretty likely that a Liverpool player is going to win uh, Player of the Year because it doesn't make sense even... as good as anyone else could be playing. Jamie Vardy has 17 goals, but this Liverpool team is next level. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and assume that it's a Liverpool player to win player of the year, player of the year. Who do you think gets it or deserves it? What, what are your thoughts on it? Trent Alexander, Ooh, Arnold Trent, Alexander tennis from, from the position of fullback. Uh, Leaves the team in interceptions as well. Um, that's a decent shout. Um, mine probably won't win it, but d- definitely deserves to be on that. What What do we end up with a six player shortlist at the end of the season? Um, yeah, that's it's gonna be all Liverpool players. It's, It'll be it's Jamie Vardy and five Liverpool players. It's it's my man, who is third on the goal scoring chart for for Liverpool this season and second on the assist chart. But is it with, choppers without? Without this player, they're not as dominant as as they have been. It's Bobby Chompers. That's Bobby Chomps? He had three assists against Southampton. Guy's guy's incredible. And so, like, the Ox scores in the 47th minute. At that point, you're like, okay, uh, good try Southampton. These next uh, 43 minutes are not going to go well. Jordan Henderson doubles the lead and then two solid goals in the final 20 minutes of the game. But Bobby Chompers with three assists. He is... I think he's probably the most unselfish striker in the league. And that's not always a good thing from a striker, but from him, it's... it's, He sets the flow of the Liverpool attack. Mm -hmm. Salah might have... The most uh, might have the most goals for Liverpool. Trent Alexander-Arnold might have the most assists, but Bobby Chompers is always, always around and always a vital part of this attack. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good. Like eight goals, seven assists, and and you know, Sa- we're, this is without even talking about Sadio Mane, eleven goals and six assists. Who will or, be on the short or, list? Yeah, or Salah, fourteen goals, six assists. There, it's going to be the short list. Let's see, Salah, Mane. Firmino, uh, Mane, no, I already said that. Uh, I meant Trent Alexander-Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, and Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. <laughs> but Jamie Vardy also gonna, like, hasn't yeah. scored in a while, so that might not even yeah. hold. It might just be Jordan Henderson. Who's had an excellent season? Goal and an assist this weekend. He has absolutely transformed my opinion of him. Um, Which is so hard. I, I like to stick to my opinions. I think Jürgen yeah. Klopp is a shit coach. Not nearly as good as Brendan Rodgers was at Liverpool. You're, you're joking. Yeah, uh, I certainly am. Um, it's more with a tier, uh, you know, not with the... Not with the... Uh, I'm not, sh- you know, shedding the my pride De- here. Yeah, the thing is, De Bruyne might make it into that shortlist, too. He can, because he, he has in assists. all likelihood, will break that assist break record. Ass- he has 13 games... To get six assists. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see how Vardy does, but it might be just De Bruyne in that five. You know, I mean, because I I mean, I don't... The the one that's going to fall out most likely is probably Trent Alexander-Arnold, even though his season... Like, you know, if you look at the... Virgil van Dijk leads the league in passes. Second, Trent Alexander-Arnold. De Bruyne leads the league in assists. Second, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Clean sheets. Like... You know Van Dyke has as part of eleven, where Alexander Arnold is part of nine. He has two goals and he has, you know, he has those ten assists. It's, it's interesting. It's gonna yeah. be Very interesting. So, so with we were talking about the Invincibles record, let's look at Arsenal real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them because you know I can go on a rant, um, and it really does have me contemplating starting an Arsenal only podcast because that will just that'll be my my time to be Stephen A. Um, but. Um, Two stats for you. Mesut has not assisted a goal since January 2018. He assisted on a goal. The next day, he signed his new contract. He has not made an assist under his new 350 away from home. Um, He has not made an assist away from home under his 350,000-pound-a-week contract, Alex Lacazette has not sco- scored a goal away from home in over a year. And that goal that he scored away from home was against Huddersfield. So Ugh. he he has also not scored anywhere since December 12th. Alex Lacazette should not be getting into the Arsenal team away from home, nor should Mesut Ozil. And I'd argue that Alex Lacazette should not be getting into the team at home whatsoever. Play Aubameyang up front where he wants to play and at least give yourself a chance to keep him because selling Lacazette in the summer may not only be a good move business-wise to make some money, but as far it might make the team better because he's just not good enough. Um Been rough. It's been very rough. Yeah, it that it has. Um, Another injury to a left back. Bukayo Saka went off at halftime. A little uh, knee injury and hip injury. Um, But listen, you guys brought in Suarez, right, Cedric Suarez? Cedric Suarez, who is a right back, who is out until March. (laughs) What? He showed up to (laughs) Arsenal in a knee brace. He is uh, undergoing treatment for a knee injury. So he. What what does that mean? What does that signing It's like when they they signed Kim Kallstrom on loan um, in the 2013 14 season, which Kallstrom ended up scoring a penalty in the shootout of the FA Cup semifinals. So he did something. Um, But he arrived at Arsenal with a back injury and didn't play for the first two months. Dennis Suarez, they had last year. I. I forgot about him. Maybe an appearance or two, and then left because of an injury. Danny Ceballos has not yeah. featured all that often. What is What's going on with Danny Ceballos? He was hurt for a while, but in the last seven matches, he was an unused sub. I think five times. Yeah, because there was talk of him not making it in. And your dog is Maisie is a very big fan of Danny Ceballos, which is why this is. Um, I just had to here. wake her. I just had to wake her up because she was uh, in a dream, crying. So. Yeah, it's probably about Danny Ceballos. She's she back like, sleeping. I just, again. I, I just had a dream. I was Danny Ceballos, and I was on. I wasn't playing. I had a dream. It, I, a dream I had a dream. It was a Monday afternoon, and Dad was watching Arsenal, and it just. Ugh. I yeah, I totally forgot that he was even on the team. And you you said that sad about Ozil. Why is Ozil playing and not? Why isn't Ceballos getting a look? Even, it, not even that. Like Joe Willock, um, Mikel Arteta sees as a number ten, and he's not really. He's not a finished product. But my biggest. Uh, thing for Arsenal, and I didn't really kind of put two and two together here. It, um, the sale of Alex Iwobi to Everton um, at this point in time seems like an unacceptable move because his best flashes last season were as a number 10, playing in a central attacking role. Um, And I think that if Arsenal were to sell Ozil in the summer... Even if it was not for a lot of money, think about the money that they could be making back from 350,000 pounds a week. In a course of a year, that's like... That's like 18... That's, it. That can't be right. 350,000 pounds a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. So give or take some of the math and the calculations, but that's 18 million pounds. So... It, yeah. And they got 40 for Awobi. Now, obviously, I'm not taking into consideration the contract he was on. But getting rid of Ozil's contract and not making as much of a profit, but keeping Owobi would have been uh, much more beneficial. The one thing I will say is that this team is playing a lot better under Arteta than they were under Unai Emery or uh, Freddie Youngberg. But it's just a, a, a hard season. And before we move on, uh, I'm gonna give you one of the worst stats I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Now we, we talked about how they have 13 draws. Sure. Um, let's take a look at the Premier League table and look at uh, win, draws, and losses. Clearly, that's the most draws. Um, Wolves have 11. Uh, there in second. There, the record is 17 in a season. Arsenal will break that. I'm confident. But the there are two teams that have less wins. Than Arsenal 19th place Watford with five wins 20th place Norwich with four wins. Arsenal have six. There are a few teams that have six even, but two that have worse. There is one team that has less losses than Arsenal. There's some teams that are on the same amount, but one team that has less and that is Liverpool with zero. This is the strangest season I've ever seen. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Draw, draw city. Let's do it, baby. They're, they're draw. They're draw specialists. Um, so they're at thirteen, right? 13. 17 is a record. Are you going to take a look at their schedule coming up? Let's take a look. I, I, I'm going to do the same thing I did for that Liverpool schedule. Uh, draw. Okay, uh, so draw. Newcastle, but they're at home. Like they should. I don't. I, ugh, I have no idea. They've because that's the game. It's like, oh, I could see them draw. They've can, won it. six games. Arsenal, Everton, six. draw. Uh, Arsenal, Man City, loss. <laughs> So, you're, you, you say, team. okay, they're at home. So, at home this season, they have four wins, five draws, and three losses. Versus Ugh. away, clearly, um, that, that form is much. Away, two wins, eight draws, three losses. Like, I think they're going to beat West Ham. They home. did beat West, be West Ham um, away. Pepe finally scored from open play. And that was supposed to be the, the, start, uh, the start for him. And he yeah. did not play against uh, Burnley. He was an unused substitute on yeah. the bench. Uh, so they are. I feel like they'll draw away to Brighton. Maybe draw away to Southampton, Arsenal, Norwich. If you draw that game, just give up. Then and there, Brighton, but it's okay, Brighton will lose won at West the Emirates that week. Brighton won at the Emirates. So there, there, there's there's no way because there's no way they don't. There's so many of these games where it looks like they'll probably get a draw in the, in the North London Derby. Because that's how that normally goes. Yeah. I mean, there's so many games I'm looking at. It's like, oh, this looks like a game Ar- Arsenal could slip up. It's like, oh, but uh, then also it's like, oh, you know what? You know, if Arsenal get some form, they might put up a good performance against Leicester or Wolves. But, like, you don't... I'm don't, not saying that it would be a win. I'm saying they would play well. Yeah, in- they could get, so. get a point. They could get a point. But... To me, that's, that's a plenty of Arsenal talk for, for one day. Um, I'm more concerned with switching to your side of, uh, of London um, and looking at Chelsea's away draw with Leicester City. 2-2. Um, Chelsea find two goals from Antonio Rudiger, two assists from Mason Mount. Harvey Barnes and Ben Chilwell on the score sheet for Leicester. Yuri Tielemans assisting both goals. So... All the scoring took place in the second half. 46-minute Rudiger, 54th Barnes, 64th Chilwell, 71st Rudiger yet again. Um, Big talking point in the lineup here for Chelsea. Um, And that is in between the sticks. Keppa Aretha Balaga is dropped in favor of Willie Caballero, and Willie tried to give Keppa his place back pretty much immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. That... That goal in the 64th minute where Caballero is chasing the ball, then trying to get back, and he does get back, but also is not as aware of where he is in the goal. Um, I don't think he was actually aware he was so that he was in the middle when the attack was all the way on the right, um, mm-hmm. and Chilwell pre- scored pretty easily. And Caballero did that thing that he does in penalty shootouts too, where the shot is taken and he just falls to the floor where he is. I've yeah. never seen a keeper and, and keep in mind that he doesn't play often. I've never seen a keeper look so unprepared than than I than Caballero in in some moments and this was one of those days where the, that that's just how he looked. Yeah. Um you know, wake. So like this game played. This game, yeah, started at four thirty, uh, Pacific time. So I was not watching it. Um, I've seen. I've woken up too early for Chelsea games to, to see disappointing results too often this season, to where I just I wasn't gonna do it. I uh, woke up and saw that we drew. Was happy with that, considering how well West uh, Leicester have played this season. Uh, but when you actually look at it, you, you feel like Chelsea maybe could have gotten something from it, especially scoring first, playing pretty well in the first, like dominating, uh, playing, from what I understand, played pretty well in the first half, mm-hmm. um, getting the first goal. But yeah, those are, I mean, I don't want to bl- you don't blame Caballero for the first goal because there's some sort of deflection, and that second goal is just kind of a wild scramble, and, you know, to your point, he, he, he hasn't really played that often. Uh, but I don't think, yeah, I think Chelsea are in a weird spot right now with, with uh with their keepers, it, it seems there's been reports that, you know, Lampard isn't a big fan of Keppa and the, you know, it, this might not just be a dropping, it might be kinda it for him. Yeah, this might uh, be a, a message yeah. to the higher ups at the club and saying, uh Which is I, exactly I'm, what Pep did. I'm, with yeah. It is he's, he's and, saying and Bravo. I'm going to start Willy Caballero. If you don't want me to start Willy Caballero, you need to replace Keppa. You need to bring yeah. someone in that is not this guy, um, but the team selection. I I kind of scratch my head at the team selection from Chelsea quite often. Um, mm-hmm. It seems it seems when they should pick a more defensive side, they go more attacking, and vice versa. Um, I thought the team selection at home against Arsenal was a bit weird, and we we had talked about it, saying you know. I don't think Arsenal offered enough and I think you were inviting pressure by playing such a defensive, um, mm-hmm. setup in mid, in midfield, especially. And in this game, the going with, uh, you know what you went with Conte and Jorginho and to put it nicely, Conte is not enjoying his best season of football. um, and he was the one that stayed on the pitch. Jorginho was subbed off in the 74th for Mateo Kovacic, who has been playing well. But also the the start the the starting wingers. I I agree Tammy Abraham should be starting. Um which I, it was a surprise. People weren't expecting it because he is coming off that injury that, yeah. he, that he picked up at Arsenal. But um but Pedro and Callum Hudson-Odoi as starting away at Leicester especially considering this Leicester side played in the midweek while Chelsea did not. Yeah. Um, it was baffled. Pedro was a weird. Man. Was a, Yeah. I mean, Hudson or you got to hope he, he's got to get games in and get back to the way he was. So I'm fine with that decision. Pedro is just sort of, you know, he, he can put in, you know, even if he's playing well at the ages he's at he's at now, he'll play well and then fade out of a game. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know uh, that I know that with Pulisic's injury, William is the, the other option um to Pedro I, right now. Right, but it's, it's and still neither like that's a better... ni- yeah, it is a better option, but neither really get you too excited. Um yeah. but and then I, I thought the substitutions were weird, keeping Conte on. I thought Jorginho was better, but he was on a yellow card, so I understand it. Taking Pedro off for William, good call. Maybe not in the seventy fourth minute. Um right. And then Ross Barkley for Tammy Abraham. I don't. I get okay. We're we've got we've got a point right now. We've got seven minutes plus stoppage time to go. Um, let's make sure we get out of here with that point. But yeah, it's a, a you weird, have you weird have choice. Michi Bachuai on the bench. You I mean, have Olivia Giroud pretty, not there. Yeah. I yeah. I don't understand. I, it, that could be another thing where he's trying to send a message. But it seems like you're trying to send a message but also sabotaging your chances at top four which there's a very real possibility you can still get top four you're in fourth place you have 13 matches to go and a four-point lead on the team below you it's still very much in the realms of possibility and it's a realistic chance for Chelsea and I don't I don't like the way that Frank Lampard is managing um, in the in the second half of the season here yeah, he's had some some questionable decisions. I mean, Barkley for Tammy's weird. You have to think it, he's just trying to f- close that game out. Um, I thought from from what I from what I read from what I heard, Conte actually had a better game. He hasn't he hasn't had the best season, but he also has he's still been playing out of position. This was kind of more of his sort of position in a two man midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see why. Frank kept him there and to bring out as you said, you know, Jorginho who's on a yellow card and Kovacic is having a very good season. Um, it's it's been kind of a, a bit of a dilemma with with that because I mean in the beginning Jorginho and Kovacic Jorginho has struggled a little bit as of late, but Kovacic and Jorginho had a pretty good start to the season, good partnership. But when you have a guy like Conte who is in when he's playing his position, he is world class, he's arguably the best in that position. Um, it's hard to hard to keep him out. Uh, so having him in that midfield too was was nice to see, and I think he he played a little bit better than, we, than we're used to seeing him play. But that, that those attacking options felt felt like odd choices. Um, you know, you know hope you know, hope that PelSI comes back soon because I think uh, up top, you know, and, hope, and you hope Hudson Adoy starts to regain some of that form that he had uh, before his injury last year. Because those can be two promising attacking options. Some, you know, sometimes Mason Mount can play out out wide. He had a, a pretty good game this season doing that recently. Uh, but yeah, so, some of the, some of these decisions are questionable, and it's going to be interesting to see how how it affects this the the run, this final run mm-hmm. for, for Chelsea, especially with these injuries, because it's not yeah. looking very good right now. But you know, they they're still. I mean, they're four points. Tottenham's that team to worry about right now. Given Chelsea's struggles in the past ten or so games, there's still a bit of a gap right now. So if they were if they're able to get a a big win against United, then you know that could that could really jumpstart this this final run for them. And the fact that um, you don't that Chelsea do not play this weekend with the staggered international or not staggered international break, staggered winter break, um, that gives time for not only the players that like T- Tammy Abraham like like you said he's dealing with a little bit of a knock he's got some time to recover pulisic time to recover to be healthy for um for the the game which doesn't even take place next weekend it's the monday so yeah. they have yeah. they have and time to get and by the time they there. play they could be only one point above Yeah uh Tottenham which is not not a position you want to be in as far as and, the pressure at Patanya. and and they play Tottenham the next week Yeah that that's it, we're, we're so. setting ourselves up for an exciting top four race because even yeah. if Spurs overtake Chelsea at that point it's not like Chelsea are completely out of the woods they're they're still very um within uh distance of getting back in there and you know yeah, the, but... the 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 odd form of Spurs away from home especially is going to keep them in the race until the end of the season um yeah. and my question to someone who watches Chelsea obviously you didn't watch this match. But someone who watches Chelsea more often than I do, um, you have Rhys James. How good is he at, at, at you know really getting forward and crossing the ball? He's, uh, I mean, I, I have luck, like I haven't watched as much recently. I can only really speak to the, occasionally what I've seen and you know what I what I hear and what I read on Twitter. Um, he's he's very very good. <laughs> Um, and one of the things that he does so well, just you know, aside from his accuracy, which he seems to have more of than any of these other players on Chelsea, he, he hits a lot of balls first time, mm-hmm. which is what you want as a striker, you know, rather than a striker, you know, having to time his run and reconfigure his run and going offside. Like as a striker, when you're making that run, you want the you want the fullback to hit it first time, uh, which Reese James uh, does. Very well, and do, and, and is, does quite often, which is exciting to see. Uh, he's still an unfinished product, but I'm 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 very excited for Reese James moving forward. I think he can. I think from what I've seen, I think he's going to be one of the top fullbacks in the league in a couple of years. And now on the other side at fullback, you have Espiluqueta, who, um, I can only assume that Espiluqueta uh, will be, uh. We'll have to get used to coming off the bench next season if Chelsea do their business right, and they might sign the guy who scored against them. Um, ben Chilwell mm-hmm. would be a fantastic target and signing for, for Chelsea. Um, that would obviously include the sale of Marcus Alonso, um, who has not really, uh, not really been. He's not really been fantastic this season to be nice, but you remember that connection that Asplauqueta had with everyone's favorite Chelsea striker, Alvaro Morata. His crosses, Maratha's headers, it worked. So here's the thing. If you have a guy on the right-hand side at fullback and the guy on the left-hand side at fullback who are both good crossers of the ball, why is plan B not number 18, Olivier Giroud, up front in the last 10 minutes of the game to try to get a goal? Why is he not in the 18? I I mean, I I, I don't know. He's, I think, I he think... is, especially at this point in his career, but me maybe even at the height of his career when he was with Arsenal, his best thing is to be a super sub, to come off the bench and score that goal. Yeah, Get, cross Um, the ball into him. He's going to at least put a shot on target. Yeah. Um, He could, yeah. I mean, to to your point, Laqueta, when he went on that run of assists, he was playing in the third center back role. He isn't as good anymore with you know as he's getting older as getting forward and and providing he's more of a defensive option he's in his back it is uh Ivanovich years yeah um but not not quite that Ivanovich had a very incredible what? drop off that, yeah that uh, was honestly impressive how how quickly he dropped off yeah because he was team of the year and then a liability but um mm-hmm. more inconsistent than he used to be now but um I don't know I think i, I you know I think Frank respects Olivier Giroud and, and, and thinks he's a, a solid player, but he just doesn't see him fitting into the style of play that he wants to, wants to implement. Uh, and I think, it, it, I think at this point, it was kind of more of seeing, trying to get a striker in and get Olivier Giroud to go elsewhere where he can actually, where he's more suited to, to play. Um, and I just think he's been out of the, out of the setup for so long that it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to really bring him back in. Now it might be interesting to see how much we if we see him more than we used to because, you know, he is staying. He is staying for the end of the season, which I think it very much felt like he wasn't, so best not to really have him as part of your plans if he's not going to be there for the long term. Uh and, you know, I think Batuai did play pretty well to start the season as a backup. Uh you know, but now, you know, Tammy is Hit hit a sort of a slump and and why has struggled a little bit uh, against the the tougher competition. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Drew is sort of that option because he can be, as you said, he can be an excellent sub to come in late in the game and uh, be a a big target man. I think that would only benefit Chelsea going forward in uh, their pursuit of Champions League qualification. So that is a that's enough for me about Chelsea. Um, as much as you know, I like talking about them, and I feel like I brought up most of the points there. Not to discredit you, but um, I did have plenty of things I wanted to talk about as Chelsea are uh, concerned. But let's uh, look at the sparkling matchup between Manchester United and Wolves. Nil-nil. It finishes. At Old Trafford. A combined nine shots on target. A really exciting one um, in Manchester here. But the state of Manchester United is summed up by the two substitutions they made in the 88th minute. When they are in need of a goal to get a win, they brought on Diego Dello and Jesse Lingard taking off Juan Mata and Daniel James. This club is uh, definitely not where they used to be, but they did yeah. get a debut from Bruno Fernandes, um, and that was... Dalla almost scored. Dalla almost scored. Let's see, he, he scored against... Uh, who did he score against? Uh, who do they play in the FA? Tranmere? The FA Cup. Premier. Everyone scored. Phil Jones scored against Trebière. <laughs> True. Let's stop saying people scored. Stop saying people let's, scored against Trebière. Let's, let's not anything. find Jesse it Jesse Lingard be anything. scored against Trebière. Boy, oh boy, that's what he was thinking, man. We gotta get, we gotta get goals in. So we brought on those guys with two minutes to play. Um, yeah. Quite honestly, uh, don't know what what Manchester United need to do from here. I, I'm torn between. Give, uh, Gunnar Solskjaer another year, um, and also, the other choice would be, bring Poch in in the summer. Give him what? Give him a blank check. Yeah, they need so many signings. They need a world class striker. They need a, like a world class defender. They need, you know, they need new midfielders. They need more attacking options. They need so much. There's so many. It's I I don't necessarily know if they need so many like so many different players, but they need. The best of the best in the positions that they need to go after. They, if they're ever going to challenge. They need Andreas Pereira to not start games um, for Manchester United. Everyone needs that. He he is he Andreas Pereira. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. Bad. Andreas Pereira. Okay, so let's go down the table. Would he start for Liverpool? No. Would he start for Man City? No. Okay, you no. Know, let's skip the top ten. Would he start for Arsenal? Honestly, no. Would he start for Burnley? Maybe. Is that um, like the first point, like would he start for Newcastle, Southampton, Crystal Palace? Newcastle, probably not. Um, Crystal Palace, probably not. They don't really use a guy that's a number 10, although he he can play deeper. He can play wide, but he can't really do them that well. Um, I think he gets into the Norwich team. He gets into Norwich, maybe Watford, West Ham. Well, I don't even know if what like maybe West Ham, Aston Villa. I don't know. Probably not the West Ham team. There's Make, like five teams he I, should be starting for. Aston Villa, maybe, but probably not. He he sh- he should he should not be starting for Manchester United. Yeah, well, I mean, even if there's ever a debate of whether or not he should start for Crystal Palace, and you have to think about it for like more than two seconds, then that tells you all you need to know about it, if you should start for if you should United. be starting uh at Old Trafford. He wouldn't be True. making into the Sheffield United team. No, he a team wouldn't. team that sits right above Manchester United. Oh, it's it's so incredible, isn't it? Um a yeah, great season for them. And then uh, I did want to mention lastly, uh the big comeback for Everton. They're two nil down. Uh, Messina scores in the tenth. Uh Roberto Pereira doubles the lead in the 42nd. A Brace from Yeri Mina for in the first minute of stoppage time in the first half and in the fourth minute of stoppage time of the first half brings him level. Absolutely oh incredible. God. Then as you as you labeled it, it's the weekend of center back braces. Let's do it, man. Which one's more impressive? Probably the one that happened in a span of three minutes, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. But but that that second header from Rudiger kind of puts him back in front. Um but in the 71st minute uh, this this man named Fabian Delph, who it receives his second yellow card after getting his first thirteen minutes earlier. Definitely, uh, I I I thought he deserved a second yellow. Um, but there is a bit of debate. On, people were kind of saying, "Ask me what I think." What do you think? I don't know. I didn't see it. Next. Cool. <laughs> um, and then of course it comes to the 90th minute, and you know who's going to score? It's going to be Corn Rose Theo Walcott. Obviously, how could it not be? My man scores in the 90th minute with a, a, a man down and they completely turn around the 2-0 uh scoreline to a 3-2 win. Are you impressed with Carlo Ancelotti? What it what it must be like to be an Everton fan. You go from giving up, losing, giving up two goals in stoppage time to lose to Newcastle. Then you follow that up with two goals and stoppage time of your own in the first half to dr- come level with Watford, lose a man, and then score a winner. In, in I would have league. no idea what to think. I'd be like, I have no idea. Like, oh, well, who are you playing next? Doesn't matter. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> like, we'll probably lose 4-0 like Norwich and then beat Liverpool. Like, I don't... It, who Who knows? His, um, Angelotti's first game... Um, after he was announced was obviously Arsenal, but he wasn't on the touchline. So we're not going to include that. So he has managed Everton for seven games. Four wins, two draws, and a loss. I mean not bad. I mean they were in the, they they were gotta take in the relegation it, con- they were in the relegation conversation. They were. Uh, they were as low as uh eighteenth place this season after the five yeah. two loss to uh Liverpool. Um but when he took over, they were in fifteenth, and they are all the way up to ninth. So, got to be impressed with what he's done. They're actually now only two points behind Manchester United. They're had they not blown that game against Newcastle, Oof. they'd be. I mean, they'd be up. They'd be up in sixth. They are seventh. Yeah. They'd be under Sheffield on goal difference, but like, they'd be up in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like would it'd, be... they'd be very much in the top four conversation. <laughs> they uh, somehow would find themselves in that position. And I I think, I, I was critical of the appointment um, at first, and it, it's still early on, but um, what Ancelotti has done so far, uh, so far so good at, at Goodison Park. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the thing with Ancelotti is I think he's past his strongest level of being a manager. You know, he was one of the world-class managers years ago, and I don't think he's necessarily at that level anymore, but you have to, looking at him and... Comparing him to the level of Everton, it's, it's always a great, it's al- it's always a positive addition for a team like Everton to get someone like Carlo Ancelotti. And he's proving, you know, that he still has it. He's still, he's still a, a solid manager and, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's at the level of Everton now, but I mean, it's, it's working for both of them. That it is. Um, I think that uh, that's, Certainly a good spot to close out, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you have any more points to make, um, I think. Oh boy. That Andres Pereira. Jesus Christ. Would. Not get a start over Cantwell. <laughs> I th- I don't know that that's a hot take. That's the scariest part. Yeah. Um. But. Listen, he might play, but listen he, he's not playing over Cantwell. Listen, let's uh let's just let's do what we got to do. Let's tell ya, you, you got to follow do on Twitter and Instagram that is at @footyedu f o o t y a d e u x in case you don't know how to spell English and French at the same spell time. <laughs> um Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you want to call it, to the podcast on any platform that you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Send us any questions you have. Talk to us on Twitter. We, we, we kind of like it. Um, but the most important thing is, Jared, as always, Andres Pereira, pardon our French.